you imagine your authenticity, a person's authenticity should be the degree to which you are consistently acting and behaving that connects with your identified values and your desired outcomes. host and Emily Kien. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. Today, Our special guest is Gina London. She is an Emmy-winning former CNN correspondent who brings a passion for people to support leaders to better connect, lead, and inspire. Her Fortune 500 clients include Salesforce, Facebook, Merck, Deloitte, J.P. Morgan, just to name a few. She provides interactive and motivational training, coaching and keynote speeches on the power of communicating with purpose and impact. On our conversation, she will be demystifying authenticity and sharing specific strategies that allow us to be more purposeful in our interaction with others. Welcome to the Mindset Zone, Gina. Oh, thank you so much, Anna. It's a delight to be here with you and your listeners today. And I know that you have a TED Talk just about it, but I want to ask you, how do you define authenticity? Wonderful question. And this is one of those buzzwords of all buzzwords these days, isn't it? Yes. There, there's so many people calling for authenticity and authentic leadership. And I got to thinking, you know, we're almost being a bit careless because as we're using this word, what do we really mean? And I don't want the idea of authenticity to be a stop sign to people's growth and their development and their improvement. And so understanding that your self-acceptance can live in harmony with your self-improvement and development. The definition that I use for my clients is drawn from psychology, and it says that authenticity is the degree to which a person's actions are consistent with their identified values and their desired outcomes. Uh, Repeat, please, because this is really good. Thank you. So again, if you imagine... Your authenticity, a person's authenticity, should be the degree to which you are consistently acting and behaving that connects with your identified values and your desired outcomes. So that requires us to, first of all, know full full well what are our values. And the important connection then is also what are our desired outcomes for any any particular situation. This doesn't mean that we're pinballs in a pinball machine. This is just how I am. Take me how I am. I'm just a direct talker. I don't have a filter. I don't, well, what's your desired outcome? Is your desired outcome to potentially berate someone with your no filter or is your desired outcome to have a mutually beneficial outcome of enriching a relationship with another person to achieve your goals or your 
project or you're put it in a work perspective, put it in a human relationship, in, in a marital or a, a loving relationship or a neighborly relationship. Once you start to think about authenticity that way, it actually requires us to take a little more responsibility and put a little more thought and purpose and mindfulness into who we are and how we behave. Yeah, and the, I love that the consistency with the identify values and with the desire outcome. And this is so important for leaders because like you were saying, this is a buzzword. You have to be authentic, but being authentic is not saying a stream of consciousness of what is going on in your head. <laughs> Like some people, I think, interpret this. And this takes us to, there are so many myths around this authenticity. So tell us a little bit more about the misconceptions that people have around this topic. Sure. I mean, one I do, as you mentioned in your lovely introduction, I do a lot of work with multinational executives from all different countries, all different backgrounds, one thing I hope they have in common is that they want to better connect with their colleagues and engage with their employees. And so I go through a lot of these types of, okay, how do we unpack how we currently behave as leaders? Not just that we think we are, but how do we really behave? And then layer on some best practices, some things they can control of around their strategy of working with each other, the structure of how they even form their sentences or think about the words that they use in any given situation. You can go from default to design thinking around who you are. And one time though, as we were in a a big multinational, I can't share what it is, but within the aviation industry. And the one of the leaders pushed back and said, you know, I can't do any of these things. People just need to accept me how I am. And I thought, well, how is that working for you? He said, oh, they get, need to get to know the real me. I said, but how do, does someone get to do that in a 30-minute conversation? If you're in a leadership position and they're in a, maybe a subordinate position, they're not going to be interrogating you to find out the real you. They're going to know the you that you present. So why wouldn't you want to be more purposeful about how you present so you're more successful in your relationship with that person? And so that's where sometimes this misconception of I'm just however my disc assessment or my color code toward my personality or a lot of these these well-meaning, but I think often oversimplistic personality assessments can begin to define us. And I encourage my clients to break beyond that. Sure, understand your baseline, understand your natural tendencies, but then embrace not only your ability to connect your behaviors with your values, but this concept, of course, from again, from psychology, the growth mindset that you can retrain your neural pathways so that you begin to think and behave more positively if you are a negative baseline person, or you can behave more curiosity of develop your curiosity to another person if you're more self-centered. These types of neural pathway changes though take first of all awareness of who you are and then the desire to become that. And then the most important component is the day-to-day -day hard work discipline to achieve it. I call that my ADD principle, ADD, the three components of how we can develop ourselves. And I think it usually requires really personal and trusting space 
with a, a coach to help you be able to checkpoint and mark those incremental steps toward developing yourself and going again from default to design, which over time becomes your new default. And I love this. And the, you go in, in certain detail about this in your TEDx and the ADD. And I will want to you to expand a little bit about that in a moment. But I just want to underline a couple of things that you say here that are so precious. Because when you are giving the example of that leader saying the real me is that illusion of the real me uh, that we have to say everything that comes to our head. And I was thinking as a parent uh, it's good that I have a filter and <laughs> because not everything that passes by my uh, consciousness will be appropriate to um, to say it in the moment, in the heat of the moment. And this one of the things that I want to teach my daughter, she's 13 at the moment, is that we can self-regulate. Like you were saying a lot, is being authentic, but it being consistent about what I consider that are the values and the outcome that I'm trying to achieve. That is why I love the definition that you gave there. And another dimension here, of, even of the word authenticity, is the author. We are the author of this communication. So we have a responsibility on it. Oh, that's brilliant, Anna. I really like that you that you brought that in because that's, again, it it underlines this concept that we can take more control and that we're responsible for our behavior and our own thoughts, actually. And that's one of those misconceptions, too, is that all those 75 to 90,000 just scattering thoughts that, that researchers say come through any individual's mind throughout a day, that they're just whoop, like popcorn and we can't control them. Well, we can disrupt them. We can stop them. We can guide them. We can direct them. And like you, I have a, a child who's 14 and my daughter and I have a really great relationship. But there have been times when I think, oh, I wish I had not said that. Just because something is true and needs to be said doesn't mean it needs to be said at that particular time or in that particular way or that particular tone. And that regulation that you talked about, absolutely. And the more that we begin as human beings to understand that we don't just use leadership for business relationships or an interview situation or a high stakes presentation, but that it is a requirement or a calling for each of us to embrace it for every facet of our lives. Because how would we be able to regulate ourselves in that high stakes situation or that pitch or that interview if we haven't begun to practice it and embody it in those other parts of our lives? You wouldn't just play the piano in Carnegie Hall at a concert if you didn't practice hours and hours day to day before you hit that big stage. Same thing. And absolutely, this is a continuous work and, and goes again to what you're speaking about, the, the work of Carol Dweck of the growth mindset. Yeah. We uh, And I, I like always to see mindsets because we have these more than one way of seeing, uh, we use these different glasses for different situations, the way that we see the world and we interpret things around us. And all of us have some areas that we have fixed mindsets that we think that we were born that way, like you were referring to the assessments or to message that somebody told us and that we embody and thought that that was the truth 
and just becoming aware or even the thinking. Sometimes there are thoughts that come to our mind that are automatic or that first thinking and that that we have the power to become aware of it and question, okay, is this really the only way of seeing this? Maybe I don't know how to do this yet, but I can learn to do this in a different way. It's that transition from going from the fixed mindset to the growth mindset. And I think in the communication, in the, in the power of learning how to communicate that all of us have, we can learn to be more authentic and the, there is no contradiction in that because I think some people will say, oh, but no, no, we can learn to be more authentic and more powerful in our communication. And I think that is one of the core of your work. Yes. And I, again, and that's, there's no, it, there's no dichotomy there that it's intertwined and it's something that we can, we can develop our authenticity. And that it's, and by the way, as I think we're indicating here through the references to all around our lives, this is not a finish line achievement. This is a lifelong endeavor. And that's what makes it so wonderful and beautiful because you can constantly be expanding your growth mindset. You can constantly be reevaluating your values and learning from other people and opening your eyes to different experiences and different approaches and different cultures and, and growing in that way. And because, gosh, we're not the same person physiologically that we were seven years ago. I mean, I think researchers say that our entire brain cells replace themselves every seven years. And so why would we think we're the same person every seven years or every year or every day on an emotional, mental, and characteristic way? We can be developing ourselves alongside all of those physicality elements as well. And I get excited about that because as I related how sometimes I've misspoken around my, are not disciplined properly or not asked questions in the right way of my daughter. There have been a number of times where I'm proud of how I regulated myself or I removed myself from a situation that was tense or that I encouraged her and really was giving her a lot of focus and attention and listening to her properly. And that again, marking that and reinforcing those positive behaviors and trying to disrupt the ones that aren't getting the right results. Again, if you continue to think about how do we mark our development? How do we make significant and lasting changes to be positively impacting? Well, first we start to, as I mentioned, that awareness, we start to unpack how do we currently behave? What are the ways that our reactions are wired? And then we start to go through, okay, what are the strategies around thinking of the other person's perspective first? That can be one strategy. What's the structure I use to make sure that I can discipline myself to ask a follow-up question when someone says something in our reaction, snap reaction might be to say the opposite or insert our perspective first. Even learning in a structured way to discipline yourself to ask someone, why? Where is that coming from? What are your thoughts around that? It first of all, gives us time to learn from them, and it might even change our opinion. And then another area that I'm very passionate and do a lot of work with my, with my clients on is the delivery mechanisms of how we communicate. So we're thinking strategically, we're 
learning more how to visualize structures so that we can apply things in a more structured way and respond in a more structured way. Even in a one-on-one interview or a one-on-one conversation, we can structure in real time once we know those components. And then the delivery tools, how do we build our lexicon, our content? How do we get to be able to take care, more care of our, our tone, our vocal variety? We have a lot more ability to take discipline and, and learn our voice like an instrument than many people do. And then the other piece is really taking control and learning about how expressive we are. What's our body language? Do we even know what it is? Most of us are really good at reading other people's body language, but we're not good at purposely delivering signs of understanding or signs of listening or signs of of agreement. We are unconsciously bouncing around so much in our communications that we wonder why we are not being understood by people. We wonder why people don't know the real us because we don't know the real us either. And so let's unpack this because there's loads of, again, great stuff here. And you, in many ways, you went through your ADD model, awareness, desire, discipline, but let's break that down a moment uh, so because you teach uh, with this model ADD so tell us a little bit more right the, the the a part is like is like I discussed let's unpack all those simultaneously interconnected pieces of how we communicate and then let's repack them in a more purposeful way and the awareness component comprises the the strategy and I break my I break every component down to three pieces so the strategy component to help us formulate that in our minds I give it three letters another acronym AIM audience intent message at any given time even one minute before you're going to go meet with someone else think for a second who's the audience that's the A not just who they are demographically but what are their hopes dreams and fears and how can I reassure around them not divide and evoke fear. We're, of course, talking positive leadership impact here. Quickly, then the I is intent. What's my intent? What What is that desired outcome or that desired goal? Mutually beneficial with this person. Is Are we negotiating? Can we find something that we both agree on? Spend some time thinking about what the action is that you want that person to take as a result of this conversation. And that helps you understand and narrowly define that intent. And then after you've thought about your audience and your intent, the M stands for your message. What is it I'm trying to deliver? Is it feedback? How specific, how precise, how actionable is it? Is it real specific delivery of my best self so that I can win that interview? Then have I crafted that? Or am I just sort of rocking up and hoping that I'm theming it a bit? Have I actually written it down as a sentence? And then even more importantly, have I said it out loud so that I can muscle memory it and actually deliver it? So many people, top level executives are getting ready to present, let's say, for a group of industry analysts about some new digital transformation tool. And they start talking and they go really far in the weeds. And I stop them. I say, what is the takeaway message you want those analysts to repeat after you're gone? And they say, oh, I actually haven't synthesized something that's that digestible. I said, well, this is your opportunity to do so. So strategy, A-I-M, audience intent, message. Structure 
is the second component if we get into how can we take more control. And I, there's a lot of different ways to formulate questions and responses and presentations and even talk conversations with your teenagers. I try to break it down at least at the first foundational level in three parts, which is just a headline, a support, and a wrap. And that's really basic. But again, you got to get basic before you can begin to build upon that. And the headline would be borrowing that message that we just constructed. And then again, putting it at the top. Hey, here's why I'm someone who should be considered for this job at the very beginning. And then the support, let's make it real precise. Is it a question? Is it a story? Is it some data? Is it an anecdote? Is it an example or a conversation that supports that? But pick one. Don't do 25 because you'll lose your audience. And then the wrap is coming right back to that, that purpose, that so what, that takeaway for the audience. Maybe it's repeating your headline, but some more purposeful or heartfelt words. And that's the structure component, Anna. And then the final component, as I alluded earlier, we have strategy, we have structure, and then we have delivery. And again, three parts of the delivery mechanism. If you imagine a stool, it needs three legs to be balanced and to be sturdy. And if you're just focusing on content, that's one leg of the stool. But my three legs and anybody's experience of you when you're delivering is that content piece but also your vocal variety, your tone, your pitch, your pace, the elements that we use in our voice naturally, but often get get very reduced when we're being a present presenter on a on a business stage, or when we're upset with a spouse or a, a loved one or a, a child, we don't use the purposeful range of that instrument. And then that third leg of that stool again is the body language. How do we take control of our facial expressions, of our posture, of our gestures, not to be mechanical as a result of all of this, but to be more purposeful and again, connect our actions to our values and our desired outcomes. So we are developing our authentic selves. Wow. <laughs> wow. You are giving a masterclass here. I absolutely love this. And again, you are walking your talk, how organized you have these and and doesn't need I and I love how you structure this in a way that people can um, keep in their minds. Okay, what is the audience? What is the intent? What is the message? Okay, then headline support recap. Okay, and then the deliverable content, vocal body, uh, because it's that and this in the delivery element uh, when you're speaking because this is a big part of your the work that you do in terms of helping people deliver in a more powerful way yeah and because i think people sometimes focus of course in the content is absolutely important but they forget the other elements it's not just the information that we are deliver but how we are deliver the information the same inf and that is the so richness of the verbal communication and even the video communication that is so common nowadays. Yes. Because it's not just what we say, but if we say it not feeling it, uh, it's going to have a different impact that if we are in alignment and we say it and we are feeling and we are putting enthusiasm, if we are putting drive behind it, all of that counts and is what determines how people feel when they listen to your our message. 
Absolutely. And all of this stuff, the reason I try to make it as simple and practical as I can is because it's transferable that way. It's more applicable. It's more adaptable to someone else if it's easy. If it's just theory, it's informational leadership. If it's transformational leadership, it's got to be things that you can do, that you can actually apply in different scenarios after I'm long gone. And that's what I love about these ideas of you can develop your richness of your voice. You can take more control of your pacing. You can slow yourself deliberately so that you can pause even a sentence to think and construct with more care and more compassion. You can go from resting bitch face to a kind, pleasant, I'm interested in you face and apologies for that, but that's the term. And I think there's a lot of people out there who aren't even aware of the face that they give when they're not talking. And this might seem so small, but oh my gosh, the number of times I've been called in to work with the top level executive because the 360s came back and they might have great numbers and great productivities, but their people skills are really low. And one of those reasons is because people think they're checked out when they see them in an all hands meeting or a big town hall zoom and they're not the the leader's not speaking but the leader is being perceived by others simply by the facial expression that they have and even simply changing that face from a of a checked out mask to an eyebrow raised engaged eyes slight smile you don't have to look like a crazy clown but just that little bit of difference of engaging those muscles will not only tell others that you're interested, but it sends that message back to you and actually engages you more too. There's so much neuroscience around the physiology, the physiology of us changing our behaviors. And that's what rewires our brains and makes us think more think differently. And it used to be the opposite. People would think, well, if you think differently, then you'll behave differently over time. But they now say, no, disrupt your thought patterns with physicality. And that's going to help you disrupt those neural pathways. Yeah, it works both ways. And we have to use all the tools. And when you are speaking, another maximum of what's coming to my mind that you cannot not communicate. Love it. Everything we do we are communicating something. Yeah. So, and people sometimes think, oh, if I keep a neutral poker face, I, no, no, you are communicating. You are always communicating. So let's do it with intention and uh, in alignment with our values. And tell tell me in terms, because you work with these leaders in the top of organizations, how how long it takes to, to transform the, these patterns of communication? Yeah, good point. And and I would always say that some knowledge is better than no knowledge. So let's let's start planting those positive seeds. So that's why some people say, oh, well, if it's not a two-year engagement, it's not going to work, or we can't do a, a one-off workshop. And certainly a one-off workshop isn't as, as transformative as maybe a four-part workshop or these types of things where you have ongoing touch points to help people really not just learn, but also then reflect and apply. But to your point about working with a one-on-one leader, for me, my preferred engagement is six months. And that Mm -hmm. six-month engagement, 
will be a number of dedicated hours plus on-call work with me so they can be sending videos and sending clips or we can meet one-on-one in person if, if that allows. But it is really helping them, again, get in that trusted space, be able to really honestly share not just the leader they hope or think they are, but through a lot of not role plays, but real plays, getting to hear how they actually behave. The more that you ask someone to share about an something they're troubling, they're struggling with or a problem they have in real world, not theory. If you say, okay, Anna, tell me about this particular incident, not overarching description, but if you can recall, tell me what you said and then what they said and then what you said and what they said. And even if they're misremembering or they're putting a little bit of their own spin on it, you'll still see that default wiring come through on the choices of the words that they're making and how they said it in that kind of a scripting. And there's some real research based on research ratified on that, that that is a great way to get some real baselines. And then we together work through how we can begin to modify that to get better results. Love it. So we are coming to the end of our time, but this is so rich. And I want to, how can people learn more about you, contact you if they want to bring you for speaking, if you want, they want to bring you for coaching? Um, what is the best way that um, they, they can reach you? Oh, thank you for that. I really appreciate that opportunity. It certainly is my heart to help every person. And I'm talking about a lot of top level executives, but any person out there, if you want to feel more confident and comfortable about the way you connect with others and yourself, please find me on my webpage, which is GinaLondon.com, or find me on through LinkedIn or Instagram, then I'd be delighted to make your acquaintance that way. Or if you want to go for another app, another way to start to build your awareness, I do have a learning a video learning platform that I launched during lockdown and COVID to help people be able to go through a self-guided tour of presence and storytelling and engagement and, and inspiration. And that's that over through my website, but also you can go right to the platform on languageofleadership.org. Love it. And I will make sure that I'll put all these links and in the show notes of this episode, including your TEDx. That is wonderful. So thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. <laughs>